Submission to God is so important, my friends. If we can get to this in our life, we're gonna find out how amazing God is and what He can do in our lives if we'd only submit to His will. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder. Welcome to In Grace and happy Valentine's Day. We are talking today about incredible love, uh, not the love of lovers or husband and wife. Uh, we're talking about something that's even deeper, and it's actually the love that we should have for others and we should have for our spouse, and that is the love of Jesus. How much did he do for us when he came to this earth and he spent the night there in the Garden of Gethsemane? Gethsemane is on the Mount of Olives, which is just to the east of where the temple stood there in Jerusalem, and there at the base of the Mount of Olives is this garden. You can still go there today. Actually, we take people there. Uh, we're going to be going to Israel in a few days, and we take people to show them Gethsemane. And it's the word means olive press. And Jesus was pressed there in Gethsemane and, and later on in the trial and at the crucifixion. He loved you so much that he gave himself a willing sacrifice. And that's agape love. Agape is this unconditional, sacrificial demonstration of affection. That is the love of God. And so as we think about Valentine's Day and we think about love, let's refocus our understanding of love on the love of God, the agape love that Jesus demonstrated as we will see today in the Garden of Gethsemane. I will be starting by a passage in Philippians 3 that someone noticed may correlate to the three times that Jesus brought just the three closest disciples with him, the Mount of Transfiguration, the raising of Jairus' daughter, and Gethsemane, and how sometimes God gives you really unique and special opportunities. I hope that we'll use those opportunities fully for his glory. So we're going to see all of this and more today. I also want to tell you that we have a brand new video series that we're going to be releasing this week. It's called The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. We were able to do some filming over in Israel and also in Dallas, Texas, about the red heifers, the red heifers that are now in Israel. We were with the red heifers in Texas on the ranch. They flew over to Israel. We've been interviewing the rabbis that brought them over. We actually stood at the spot where the sacrifice or the ceremony of the red heifer is going to take place on the Mount of Olives. And we interviewed a bunch of other people about the temple being rebuilt. So we believe it's a biblical concept that is predicted in scripture that the temple will be rebuilt and then desecrated uh, by the Antichrist in the end times. So we're going to talk about this in this brand new series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. When you make a gift of any amount to In Grace, we're going to thank you by sending you this incredible three-part video series. And you're also going to be hearing this the next uh, three Fridays here on In Grace. I can't wait to show it to you. But I also would love to take you to Israel. So if you'd like to go to Israel, check out our Israel trip. We have one leaving in a few days. I think you can't get on that one but you can get on the next one in a year, 2024, late February, when you go to ingraceradio.com, click on travel, and there you'll also notice our cruise to Alaska this summer, this July. We'd love to have you come along on one of our Ingrace adventures. These three people had some really neat opportunities to see something, 
And let's look at at Philippians 3.10. And Paul says this, that I may know him, okay? What would that be? How about the Mount of Transfiguration? That I may know him, They got to see Jesus not only in his humanity, but in his glory. They got to know him in full. And the power of his resurrection, what would that be? The raising of Jairus' daughter. And the fellowship of his sufferings, Garden of Gethsemane. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it's an interesting observation, isn't it? The three times that the three inner circle got to be with him all correlate with Philippians 3.10, being made conformable unto his death. So we'll go back to Matthew 26, 38 and continue. Then said he, Jesus unto them, now he's talking to the three, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Have you ever been in that position? Have you ever faced something that is so awful, you agonize about it and it, it's, it's making you hurt physically? I know you all have. He said, tarry ye here. Stay here and watch with me. Do you know how many times I've had the privilege of sitting in a hospital waiting room with some of you while someone you love is in surgery? Why do we want that? Because we need someone there. When we're going through something hard, we want someone close. We want someone with us. And that's a joy and it's a privilege and it's a pleasure. I love that part to be able to sit with someone going through something hard, just to be there. And that's what Jesus was looking for. In his humanity, he wanted someone to be there in the depths of sorrow. You say, well, what was it that made him so anguished? Was it the thought of being crucified? Certainly, listen, if I knew for sure I was going to be crucified, I would be in anguish, okay? Because it is an awful, torturous, horrible, a terrible way to die. But that's not what it was. He had to become sin. His anguish is because of your sin and my sin. And not only that, but the unity that he'd always known between the Father and the Son, one God, three persons, that unity was about to be broken. When Jesus said on the cross, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Okay, that's this exceeding sorrow, even unto death. So he said, he, tarry with me, watch with me. And Jesus, verse 39, went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. What is the cup? The cup is God becoming sin. Okay, it's redemption, He's not, he's not arguing. He's not saying, you know, I'm not going to do it. He's not fighting against the Father. He is 100% in submission. He's just saying, in his humanity, if there's any other possible way, let this cup pass from me. But this is where we need to get to. If you want to be honest with God, get to this. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Submission to God is so important, my friends. If we can get to this in our life... We're going to find out how amazing God is and what he can do in our lives if we'd only submit to his will. It is the key. It is the key. And here's Jesus, verse 40. So he's pouring out his heart to the Father. He's in anguish. He had, he had left the 11, well, eight of them, 
probably near the entrance of the garden. He went a little further and left the three. He went a little further and he prayed. Now he's coming back. Remember, it's probably dark now. And findeth them asleep. Oh, no. And by the way, let's not be too hard on those guys. It's easy for a preacher to criticize people in the Bible. <laughs> but, I mean, we would have been doing the same thing probably. We, we, just, we, just, we just fail. We fail. And you're, what you're going to see, though, in, in the middle of failure, you're going to still see the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, the restoration by Jesus of these, these men that had failed. Aren't you glad you serve a God? that forgives and, and wants to continue to, to fellowship with you even after you failed? What, he, he, he says, Peter, now he's pointing out Peter, but believe me, I'm sure he's talking about all of them. Peter just happened to be the leader. What could ye not watch with me one hour? I love that song, by the way. Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, verse 41, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. That is the problem in the Christian life, isn't it? The spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. Okay, so how do we solve that? Watch and pray. That's how you're going to build up the spirit. Watch and pray. Take it seriously. There's a battle that we're in and, and you need to be paying attention. Almost every uh, time that the New Testament tells Christians that we need to pray, it also talks about watchfulness and attentiveness. Okay, it's a, it's a combination. If you pray at night, how many of you pray at night before you go to sleep? It's a great sleeping medication, isn't it? You just get drowsy. Why is that happening? Well, maybe it's the devil. I don't know. But uh, don't count sheep. Pray. You'll fall, you'll fall asleep. It's, uh, it's just human nature. But man, that's when we need to be alert. That's when we need to be focused and, and making sure that, that we're watching, we're praying, not falling into temptation. Verse 42, he went away again the second time and prayed. So you think they would kind of get the message and they would be watchful saying, oh my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Said pretty much the same thing. Came back, verse 43, and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Have you ever been really, really tired? Oh, it's so hard to keep your eyes awake. You're probably right now, right? <laughs> oh, it's so hard. And you all work hard. You get up early, you stay up late, and uh, you, you, come, you come to worship, and, and it's good. But, but their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, sleep on. Now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. So there's probably just a short amount of time, maybe 15 minutes. He didn't wake him up this time. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. It was all about this moment. At the point that he entered into history, it was all about this moment. It was going to be at a very specific time, place, and person that was going to betray him. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. 
Are you interested in the end times prophecy of the rebuilding of the Jewish temple? Then you need to watch InGrace's new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Jim Scudder Jr. will take you to amazing sites like the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock, and the land on the Mount of Olives purchased for the sacrifice of the red heifer. Jim Scudder has exclusive interviews with experts and people involved in rebuilding the temple. This new series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to InGrace. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes and see how all of this impacts our world today. When your gift is $35 or more, Jim Scudder will also send you an incredible eight-part video series called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Don't wait. Get this video series today to order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Rise, verse 46. Let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. So now it's time, and we know what happens from there. Now let's switch over to Mark. Okay, that was Matthew's account. Let's look at Mark's and see if Mark gives us some more detail. Mark 14, 32. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. So he names it as well. What does Gethsemane mean? Olive press, good. And it's on the very base of the Mount of Olives, uh, just on the other side of the Kidron Valley from the old city. And he saith to his disciples, sit ye here while I shall pray. And he taketh with him, Peter, and James, and John. So now we know who the sons of Zebedee are. In case you didn't already know, it's James, John, and Peter. Those are the three, uh, and they were all fishermen and uh, related. And, be, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy, and, and said unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. You can just feel the agony in Jesus, his emotion, of what he's about to go and face and do. Tarry ye here and watch. So he went forward a little and fell on the ground. So there's a little detail there. The others didn't, I don't think it said that he fell on the ground. Now he's, he's face down on the ground praying and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba. There's another new detail. Uh, he says, Abba, which is, the equivalent of daddy. And, and if you go over there to the Middle East, you'll hear little kids, Abba, 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 Abba. And it's so cute. I love hearing that. It's daddy, daddy, daddy. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. The submission there. If there's any other way, there wasn't any other way. But if there was, let's do that. But there isn't. So therefore, I'm going to accept your will. Verse 37 and he cometh and findeth them sleeping and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Now, why did he say Peter, Simon? Well, remember, his name was Simon and he changed it to Peter, right? Uh, earlier in, in the ministry. And, and often when your name was changed, it was to, uh, for two reasons. One is you're, you're transitioning to something greater, and also, it's for you to remember uh, what you are now, okay? So now he's, he's Peter, but Simon, sees, asleepest thou, couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. So we've heard all of that. 
And again, he went away and prayed and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time and saith unto them, sleep on now and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. And now he says, rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. So we found out a few more clues from Mark. What does Luke tell us? Well, actually, Luke is where it's at. Luke is where we need to be, okay? So we're gonna go to Luke's account, and Luke gives us some really important details. What have you not noticed in these other three accounts? The, the drops of blood, right? If you know the story, okay? So that's, that's where we really start to understand the agony. So in Luke 22, verse 39, he came out and went as he went to the Mount of Olives. So he was... This was common for him to do. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that ye enter not into temptation. Okay, so, so there's, there's the, the, the key. Okay, pray, pray. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast. There's another clue from Luke. Luke was a what? What was his occupation? He was a physician, Right? So you, you kind of see some of the technical details about a stone's throw. The other said he went a little ways. So, so here's a, like a, a stone's toss. Now you can start to see the separation between the, the eight and the three and Jesus. Okay. Uh, and he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Here's something that Luke includes that we didn't read about with the others. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Wow. Wouldn't that be something? And, and we remember an angel appearing to strengthen Christ after his fasting in the wilderness, early, early in his ministry. And the angel came and ministered unto Jesus and here the angels coming and strengthening him and helping him. Listen, if you need help, God's gonna be there for you, okay? Don't ever feel like you're alone. Don't ever feel like that, that nobody cares. For, for God does care deeply about you, and he's gonna make sure you get what you need in that moment of crisis. Verse 44, and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Can you even imagine this? And some people say, well, you know, that's a simile. He was saying it was like sweat, like blood pouring out from a wound. Maybe, but there is a rare but real medical condition that produces symptoms similar to this. The sweat glands are surrounded by tiny blood vessels that can constrict and dilate to the point of rupture, causing blood to go into the sweat glands. And, and, and this is, the cause of this is extreme anguish. Again, it's rare, but it's real. And my feeling is he sweat drops of blood. That's how much anguish he was, knowing what he was about to go do. And, and why was he in such anguish? Because he was gonna take upon himself your sin. He sweat drops of blood for you in the garden of the olive press. He was pressed down for you, for your sins. And then in verse 45 of Luke 22, 
And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, why sleep ye? Rise and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. So you see some of the authors included some things and didn't include other things, but that's just the, the way that God wanted them to write it. Now, someone wrote a comparison between two gardens, and I think this is perfect. Do you remember the reason that Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane? The Garden of Eden. Because of sin of Adam and Eve, Jesus now had to be in this Garden of Gethsemane. And here's the comparison. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve's sin brought death into the world. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus chose to be obedient for us sinners. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve enjoyed luxury and abundance. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus experienced agony and despair. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve at least had each other. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was alone. In the Garden of Eden, having the forbidden fruit seemed a delight to the eyes. In the Garden of Gethsemane, the cup of suffering was painful to receive. In the Garden of Eden, there's no record of Adam and Eve praying. Maybe that should have been what they should have been doing. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed desperately. In the Garden of Eden, Eve talked to the serpent who deceived her. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus said yes to God, who then later exalted him. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve dishonored the Lord God. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was betrayed by Judas. In the Garden of Eden, the angel was placed to prevent re-entry for Adam and Eve because of their disobedience. In the Garden of Gethsemane, an angel from heaven was sent to strengthen Jesus so that he could complete the will of God. In the Garden of Eden, mankind, by way of their choice, had to face the prospect of a hopeless end. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus made his choice so that those who believe in him can have endless hope. Do you have endless hope? If you don't put your faith in Jesus Christ. Trust in him. It's not about works. It's not about religion. It's about putting your trust in Jesus. Don't forget the great price that Jesus paid in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of Olive Press for you. We are the ones responsible for the blood that dripped from the Savior's brow as he prayed in the garden. We are the reason that Jesus' soul was so overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Let us never forget those bloodied sweat drops as they came at our cost. Jesus died for your sins and rose again. He's alive and he wants to save you. He wants to be there for you in your times of despair and anguish. Just receive him, believe in him, and you will be saved. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's by faith you're saved. It's by faith. It's not by works. It's not by religion. It's by faith. And if you haven't received Jesus, do it today.
and I hope that you've received by faith Jesus if you haven't trusted him today. And when you do, you're saved today, tomorrow, and forever. Here on this Valentine's Day, February 14th, I hope that you know the love of God. You know what he's done for you. And I hope that you've received his love and you live in his love and you serve him because of love for him. Uh, right before we go, you heard me mention at the beginning of the program that we have a brand new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple, where we went to Dallas, Texas to stand in a ranch where the red heifers were being born. And now they've been flown over to Israel for potentially the sacrifice of the red heifer that will lead to rebuild building the Jewish temple. We interviewed rabbis. We went and talked to harp makers and a guy growing uh, incense, uh, plants for incense in, in Israel, plants that haven't grown in 2,000 years. It's an incredible series. I'd love to send it to you as a thank you for your generous gift to Ingrace this month. If your gift is $35 or more, I'm also going to send you Armageddon's Dawn video series and the prophecy chart. As a thank you for your gift of any amount, Jim Scudder will send you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple when your gift is $35 or more. He will also send you his eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, and a beautiful end times prophecy chart. Order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple by calling 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois. 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.